Welcome back to Stanko Stance. John Stanko being joined by his youngest sister, Sophie Stanko, theater expert and theater uh, extraordinaire, if you will. Sophie, how you doing? I'm good. I would not call myself an expert in any sense of the word in terms of theater. I did not study it. I do not study it currently, but I will say I enjoy it immensely and I participated to some degree for some part of my life. I guess comparing you to myself, you are the expert and I'm the mere novice. You know more of the technical aspects than I ever do. And this past weekend, obviously, we both dove into the play Hamilton, released on July 3rd on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I think we kind of broached approached it from different points of view. Uh, kind of tell me how you approached it when you first saw it coming out and what your mindset was going into it. Um, I think... I think the first thing is that I knew of the soundtrack and I had listened to the soundtrack previously. Um, I would say probably at the start of listening to it in 2015, around about. Um, and so it's, I've always listened to it. It's whenever I'm doing work outside or something, I'll put it on. So I, I've, I know this, I knew the storyline. I knew the songs. I knew kind of how it all went. Obviously there are some things, that weren't that are not on the soundtrack that were in the show, which I like appreciated as a viewer, thinking that like, oh, I've just heard everything and just know there are differences was good. Um but yeah, no, I went with it knowing that I was going to watch it that day and I know that I'm going to continue to watch it as often as I want now. And I will never probably get tired of watching it. That is true. So yeah, you you went in, you knew all the songs already. I think I think we both kind of knew the story because credit to our parents, they did a good job raising us on PBS and the show Liberty Kids taught us. Liberty Kids! That's right. Uh, and so I think we both knew the story of Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. So we actually did have some knowledge of that going in. Uh, speaking for myself, I went into it. Uh, I didn't, I knew of the story. I knew what it was about, but I didn't listen to the soundtrack um, because I'm, I don't know, this is just the type of person I am. I don't listen to the soundtrack before I go see the play. I didn't do it for Book of Mormon before I saw that or for the Lion King play on Broadway before I saw that. So that's just kind of the way I went into it. So I went into it with a much more clean palette than you did. So with that being said, you went into it much more for an entertainment standpoint, while my immediate thought was, how are they possibly going to shoot this, film this, and edit this and make it look good? And you yelled at me for that, for just not sitting down and enjoying it enough. I think, well, I think, like... I wanted, first time seeing it, I wanted to see just kind of how they staged it. Because in my head, I was like, I was like, how are they possibly putting this on a stage? Like all this music that I've listened to. And I think, yeah, you took it at a more of a film standpoint, and I took it more of as a stage standpoint, I think, which just goes to show, I think, our two minds of your, your film and your video background and my more theater background. I would agree, but I think we both came out of it with the same, the same conclusion, right? Guess what, guys? Hamilton's really good. It's yeah. it's really good. Yeah. So what what was your your first like full thought after the whole play ended? After the two hour forty minute after the credits roll, what was the first thing running through your head? The first coherent thought that you had? That I want to see it live, but God knows when that's ever gonna happen. And yeah. I I don't think I think the film experience, even if it's even if it's filmed like live on stage like this one is always going to be different than seeing it actually while you're there um but that was my first thing of like if I ever get the chance to see this I will take it that's true that's true I mean I, I definitely now granted the ticket prices when it comes back may even skyrocket again just because of this coming out and 
I think it's hilarious how they filmed this in 2016, I believe, and then they just kept it in the barrel. Just being like, all right, well, we need, when we need this for a rainy day, we'll, uh, we'll put it out. And I guess Disney thought uh, it was the right time right before July 4th weekend, which is appropriately good timing. Yeah. Um, this is for me, though, the first thought that I had at the end. Uh, you've seen more plays than I have, so you could talk to this. But from the plays I've seen on Broadway, probably like, I don't know, seven or eight. I have to go through and count. But Hamilton nailed the ending really, really well. And it's not to say all Broadway plays don't nail the ending, but there's there are, I can name at least two or three where I walked out going the play was good, but I felt like the ending just didn't have that punch of like of like that that ex, that exclamation point. But Hamilton really did a good job of nailing it with the with the great ending. Yeah, no, I think I think the ending song. I think it 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 was nice. It was a good full full circle almost of like. You look at the opening number and how it's kind of like all of the cast members and they're recounting his like early childhood history. And if you look at the end, it's again, all the cast members looking back on his history and the future of his legacy, as we're probably going to say many of times. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a good full circle coming around again. Well, you mentioned the entire cast. So now let's go through it. Who, who stood out for you in this cast? Obviously, I mean, listen, we can all talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda, extremely talented dude, to write this, to stage this, to act this, extremely talented. But from the entire cast, who stuck out to you when, like, when you saw it acted out on stage? Who's the character? Who's the actor? Who's the actress that stuck out to you? Oh, does it have to be one? No, it could be multiple. Okay, all right. So I will say Renee Ellis Goldsberry is talented beyond belief and I wish I could be her one day and have that talent. Never going to happen, but she's so talented. I think uh, Philippa So, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, if I were to ever sing that part, her songs, I would never be able to hold it together. So (laughs) congrats to her for being able to keep it together and like act so well throughout all of that, like, you know, especially at the in the last number, um, I think the orphanage gets me every single time. Yeah, you said you cried. You asked me if I cried during the play, and I did not. I got goosebumps on multiple occasions, but there were no tears. No tears. Yeah, and and I think I'll go with one more. We'll go with my top three. Oh, Anathan on Anathan. Honestly, probably Jonathan Groff as King George. Mm-hmm. Just a psychopath. He's great. He's so funny. Yeah. Uh, the, the King George character, while not probably having the least amount of screen time of all the major characters, quote unquote, he was probably steadily the funniest of anyone who appeared on screen. He did a great job. And like, I know him from Mindhunter on Netflix, which is a super dark show about understanding serial killers. And then he comes out in the pop and circumstances of the King George bright red acting like he's a petulant kindergartner. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. He was very, very good. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's probably my top three. I would definitely agree with you with Renee Elise Goldberry. Uh, the first notes I have is this woman has pipes, just absolute, just immense talent. Incredible. Spoiler alert, we're going to go through our top three songs, and she makes an appearance on that top three songs list for me. And okay. we might be on the same wavelength there. Yeah. But for me, the one guy who stood out, literally who stood out from the beginning, was David Diggs. The man might be the most charismatic man I've ever seen on stage just from this play. He was absolutely incredible. He plays uh, Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. And, I mean, the first note I have 
in my notes of bullet points of my ramblings while watching is David Diggs is captivating his acting when not the focal point is grasping my attention. And it was true. That was just as Lafayette. And then we FaceTime when I was at intermission because you timed it out and you knew when I was at intermission. Yeah. Uh, you were like, wait till he plays Jefferson. And then it only amplified when he started playing Jefferson too. So for me, he was a standout. He was absolutely incredible. Uh, just unbelievable job. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because on Twitter, the, mo the most trending person on Twitter at the end of it was Leslie Odom Jr. for Aaron Burr. People loved it. I mean, his performance I was mean, really great. I mean, he was basically the narrator of the show. If you I look would, back yeah. at everything that he was – singing and saying during this and I mean the amount I don't th like the stamina and the talent needed for that role is a lot yeah and no, props, he was, I yeah. mean props to him yeah sure. he was really really good he's just he's not in my top three most memorable for me it's probably Diggs Goldsberry and and Groff we're probably we're probably my top three yeah so That's now we're running through we got what are some of the not songs the songs in a different category but the visual, the visual moments of Hamilton that stuck out. Um, you talked I about how you how you wanted to see the staging, how they did it all on the stage. So, what to you stood out? I loved how they used the spinning, the spinning, the spinning center of the stage, and I really liked in. Um, oh, what was it? It was. Hold on, hold on. I have I have to play this up so I can. Um, the world was wide enough. We're gonna say spo spoilers this entire thing. If you haven't watched, yeah, please. This play came out in 2016. If you don't support, yeah, yeah. And the world was wide wide enough after Burr shoots Hamilton. I really like how like two cast members like acted as like the rowers, and they used like the circle, like the circuit, the motion of it to look like they were rowing him aqu across the Hudson again. I really like that. Um, what else? Oh, you mentioned to me something I didn't fully understand, but you having experience in costume design, something oh, that oh, happened God. in the oh. first and the second. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned this the other day of like the transition of style fashions. You could see it more in like women's style fashion of like, if you look at the beginning of the play, mid to late, mid to like, you know, somewhat of the seven like late-ish 1700s the corseted tops and how those were very but then if you look in the second act they more have like the empire waistline you have no idea what i'm talking I about i don't but, but i believe that's you. okay and i was like oh i appreciate that so much and yesterday i watched it again because you know as i said i could watch it forever um i noticed in it's quiet uptown um Angelica's like black overcoat, the amount of detail that is like put in on the embroidery and like the stitch work is fantastic. Oh my God, it blew my mind. And I was like, I want that piece. Again, this is gonna be my quote out there of capes and cloaks need to make a comeback. <laughs> I've said it, I've said uh, it. I believe from the Incredibles, no capes was, is, is the quote. Well, at least cloaks, cause man, I wanna like run through a field with like a cloak on, like just blown out, it's a dream. Okay. How many Hamilton costumes are there going to be at Halloween this year? If we have a, a traditional Halloween all up in the air, but I feel like the Hamilton is going, or uh, the Hamilton characters are going to have a renaissance in terms of Halloween costumes. Cause now people who didn't see the play, they can now see everything on screen, what everyone looked like. Would not be surprised yeah. if that happened. I mean, definitely for adults. I don't think kids 
they'll be, you know the kids never get it um and i mean you know from our childhood growing up with good old mom's american history fascination and bullet hill and whatnot and That's whatnot true. that there's the, also a reference to rochambeau i know the sign is literally right off our street and literally, you know, rochambeau, South Middle connecticut. rochambeau marched through southbury connecticut and Correct. sat on our neighboring hill on the way to yorktown to win the revolutionary war what up i know so like i we've known of like that at least i have like paid attention to that era of fashion so like if it does that's great i like there are some aspects that i like to it that i wouldn't mind coming back i can't say i've paid attention to that era in terms of its fashion i cannot say i'm on the same wavelength with you there well whoops and uh, so in, and for myself in terms of the visual aspects the there are multiple things I loved. I geeked out about. Um, for one, just this is kind of obvious, but I just love the way they did it in the the first act. The way they introduce three of the major characters. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is a, just he pops up on the stage. Boom! Close up of his face uh, as Alexander Hamilton. This is him. This is your main character. This is the fulcrum of the way the story goes. Here's a close up. Later, they introduce King George. Jonathan Gruff walks out on stage, but it's from the backward camera angle. And the first time we see that camera angle from the back, and it's him walking out with his back to, uh, like, to the crowd or to the people watching at home. So he's walking out into darkness, it looks like, which can be emblematic of him not looking at the people who are looking at him, if you want to go with the royalty and not looking at his subjects, if you will. Then you get to George Washington. He's introduced... With that back camera again, but the first time you see him is him looking at the audience, looking at the camera, and then turning around and going in front. So again, if you want, I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but I thought about it, is that he's a democratic leader, George Washington, America. He's looking at his subjects, looking at his people before he's going out and leading, before he's going out onto the stage. Again, just really love the way they did that. It was really, really good. And then, and then the ending of the, first, of, of the first act, right before intermission, and that last song, the last song is so, is wonderfully staged. It's, they crammed in so much storytelling in that six minute song to get you set for the second act, but it's really good. But there's a camera shot of Washington on top of the staircase, which gets swindled around to behind where Alexander Hamilton is standing on stage. So it's like George Washington looming over him. And then literally Hamilton's being torn in two places by Eliza and Angelica, two different types of love that he has. And he can't decide between, he doesn't know what to do. And then Washington's looming over him going, I have your political career and aspirations. I can, I can bring you up and raise you up like a puppet master and you could rise to the ranks that you think you properly deserve because you are never satisfied. And it's like, you see Alexander Hamilton tear away from his different loves, run up selfishly to be, again, not evil overlording George Washington because he's not doing this maliciously, but he's somebody who just has sway over Hamilton and Hamilton walks up that staircase, signifying he's leaving the love and that kind of selflessness to need for it on the floor. And he's climbing up the ranks as high as he can, no matter what, leaving everything else behind him. Right before the mission. And so I think I snapped out of you, my soliloquy about this. I watched it three times. Just remarkable. Remarkable, remarkable, remarkable. Remarkable staging, remarkable the way they filmed it. I was obsessed. Yeah, I remember waking up and there were like eight Snapchat videos from you. And you're like... Did you see this? Did you see this? And how they film this? And this? And the overhead, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. It 
was it was great. It was great. There is one more visual set piece that really struck me, but I'll save that for my best song segment, which is going to be coming in a little bit. Okay. So now before everything we talked about is really good, right? I mean, the play was really good. It's I find it really hard to imagine not liking Hamilton. I can imagine people maybe saying it's a little long, two hours, 40 minutes is a long time, but there is a built-in intermission, et cetera, et cetera. For you, are there any gripes with Hamilton? Are there, is there anything negative, anything at all that you would improve? Now, I admit we're not theater experts, but just watching it, is there something that you learn for more? Um, yeah. You, 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 I don't think you've listened to this, but there, there were, they've released different versions of songs that like actually made it into the show of like the official soundtrack, like in those numbers. Um, the first burn that Lin-Manuel Miranda and them wrote, I think is better than the one that they put into the actual show. I think it's more realistic in terms of like probably how angry Eliza was feeling at that time. And I like the way it's better. It, it really, it, I just like that. I kind of wish they included it more. I think it, it flows more with like kind of the hip hop and rap that was brought into Hamilton. I think that flows more into it than like the softness that Burn in the show actually has. So I wish it did mm-hmm. that. That's just my personal opinion. Um, yeah. I think that they could have given Goldsberry more I would listen to her sing anything so that's just my own thing yeah I would agree I I don't think you could ever overdo Goldsberry and how talented she was like absolutely she could have sang way more numbers I would have been very happy with it yeah she batted a thousand whenever she was on stage um we talked about this over fourth of July but the one thing that again it's not a bad thing it's just something my personal preference is I very much enjoyed Hamilton more when it was about the politics, when it was about uh, the deals in the back rooms. Uh, no one was in the room, if you will. That was a theme that kind of went out throughout the second act when making up the deals. The romance stuff, I enjoyed some of it. It didn't hit at a high clip like all the politics did. I don't think any of the politics songs are storyline missed a beat throughout the entire thing. But there's some of the romance stuff that I didn't really like, like uh, Burr with Theodosia, right? That's, I believe, how you pronounce her name. She's married yeah, to a but here's the, here's the thing that we are that I was arguing about. Like that's the whole point of that song is Burr's attitude of waiting for the moment is right to do something. It's not like Hamilton who continuously is go 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 go. Burr, on the other hand, takes his time and kind of waits until he knows that he can do what he needs to do, which is the whole point of that song. And I think the Theodosia part is trying to get like you to realize that he lives his whole life by this way of like wait for it i i get that i I do and they did a really good job conveying that in the end when burr is running for president and he's handing out the pamphlets and he says to hamilton like i learned something from you or something like that about going to get something that you want and so they they brought that back full circle i just think you don't dangle that thread of a burr romantic storyline which was meant to convey a, a bigger point, but they just left that dangling thread. They didn't tie it. They didn't tie it like a bow in the end. I think. Um, so that one I didn't really love. And again, this is probably just just maybe my preference of storytelling and the type of stories I like to hear. But the romance stuff didn't grip me 
as much as I want. Like, you love that Burn song. That Burn song for you is probably, I would say, near top five, top ten songs of the entire thing. For me, that's, that's my math. It didn't elicit the emotion uh, from me that I think it did other people. So that would be, that's the only gripe I have. It's not even a gripe. I enjoyed all of it. None of it was bad. But that's, that's the one comment I would have about that. I know, but you, but you have to look at considering how early he, not early necessarily, but like, you know, he didn't get to fully see everything he wanted to see himself do. So like you have to under, like you have to incorporate this romance, romance aspect of how Eliza continued on after him to do, to at least, you know, push what he wanted to push. So like, and you're, it's the telling of his story. And I mean, who's really telling it at the end is his wife, Eliza. Mm-hmm. It's true. And Angelica. And before Angelica dies. Too, and Angelica, correct. Before she dies. Yes. But yes. you know, it's, it's that aspect of they were the ones who told his story after he died. Yeah. Because they, they really harped on legacy in like the last 10 minutes of the show uh, about the legacy of who was left on stuff like that. Eliza telling his legacy. Yeah. It made me think of, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time, arguably my favorite gladiator, What You Do in Life Echoes in Eternity. And I just, oh I thought God. of it, and I'm just saying that everything goes back to gladiator, because gladiator's awesome. No. Right. So there are two things I want to discuss with you before we hang up here. One, we're going to go through our three best songs. Um, and maybe do some honorable mentions, too. Yeah. And then before we close out, want to get your take on, obviously this is going to possibly lead to a trend of more cinematic productions of Broadway plays. What do we think about that? Do we think that's the right idea? Do we think it could work? But before we get to the heavy topic, let's have more of the fun topic. Let's go back and forth. Let's list our three top songs going from three to one. And three you to one. First. You can go first. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, I think we're going to have very different songs. Okay. I'm saying that right now. Um, I think number three for me is going to be It's Quiet Uptown. Because this is like, it's the first song I ever actually listened to from the soundtrack. So, okay. and I am also the kind of person who loves either sad songs or angry songs. So, it, it fits in my genre so beautifully so beautifully and I love how it was on how Angelica was the one who told that story of like she's the one who kind of looked at like was telling people of like what is happening in their life she she you know was she let them grow their relationship back Mm -hmm. and told that story as a sister like as a sister and sister-in-law to like tell that story of them growing their relationship back so that's my third favorite song. You're gonna that, disagree. It's fine. That one did not crack any of my any of my lists. So there you go. Different list there. All right, I'm going to. I'm gonna cheat. I am combining Hurricane and the Reynolds pamphlets. No, 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 nope. Yes. Nope. You gotta choose one. No, you have to choose it's one. It's a whole entire story. They are separate story. numbers. They are separate numbers, sir. Yes, th- they flow into each other. But they are separate numbers. This is this is incredibly difficult. All right, I'm gonna go then with the Reynolds pamphlets because I I spoke about another visual point in Hamilton that really struck me 
and it came during the Reynolds pamphlets. Um, it's the overhead camera shot of Hamilton sit, standing still at the center of the stage while Madison and Jefferson are tossing off the Reynolds pamphlets like it's money. And there's people dancing around him, and it's chaos all around Hamilton, like he's in the center of a storm, but he's standing still, and everything's just moving too fast around him. And that overhead shot can fade that so wonderfully. And it's such a dichotomy between the song Hurricane, where it was literally about Hamilton saying how he wrote himself out of a storm where he was born and wrote himself a better life and how he could write himself out of this storm. And then literally he couldn't, he just created a bigger mess and the irony of it. And that overhead shot in the Reynolds pamphlets struck with me beautifully. It was awesome. Um, and again, that was, against a turning moment in his life and it's about someone trying to take control, but it just gets more chaotic. And it, the, the visual representation, visual representation of that song was really, really good. Um, and so, yeah, Rhino Panther is my number three. If I could cheat, I would combine it with Hurricane. Because for me, the best sequence in the entire play, Sophie, is from when John Adams gets elected, King George does his, ha, 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 America's screwed, don't come crawling back to me, hee, hee, hee. And then to the end of, to the end of the Reynolds pamphlets. That four-song stretch, according to the Spotify playlist, of probably 10 minutes of the play, for me, is the thing that I'll go back and rewatch the most. Because I thought, thought it, was, it was a wonderful blend of comedy to start, and then kind of uplifting with Hurricane, getting back down to, oh, crap, this is reality with Reynolds pamphlets. Just so beautifully done. So that's my number three, Reynolds pamphlets. Okay. Okay. Well, my number two is again a sequence, but I'm going with the second half of the sequence that I really enjoyed. It's the helpless satisfied. Um, I satisfied is my, I, I, there are no words to describe how amazing that song is and how well they were able to, you know, take actually like rewind and do all the sequencing again and to really, you know, go and to go from helpless and, this I'm in love to like, I'm going to give up whatever this could be. And to know that I will never be satisfied with whatever I have in life. And it's just, it's just perform. I have no, I don't, can't form coherent thoughts on this because it's, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's on my list as well. Uh, but my number two, so, so you'll know where satisfied stands. My number two is nonstop the song before the intermission that I gawked okay. about earlier. That's my number two. And again, I think with most of my songs, to be fair, three out of I my- I feel like most of your songs have to do with the directing and right. filming of this. And that's just the way I think we approach this differently, is you can kind of yes. see in the songs that we picked, but the staging of nonstop, it's, they cram so much information into it, but they make you understand it all. I already raved about how much I love the set pieces from, so nonstop right before intermission, it really left you off with a bang before you take a break. So not stop my number two, which means Satisfied is going to be my number one, and I'll touch on that after you give your number one. Yeah, no, I think Satisfied is the best rap out of any of them, and I think it it just conveys so many different emotions of confliction and love for both, you know, romantic and like familiar love, and you're like, I'm going to do to do whatever to make somebody else happy and know that I will never be as happy, but to do it for somebody else. And ugh, just amazing. Okay. My top three is the ending number of who lives, who dies, who tells your story, because I think it's a great way to round out the, 
you know, everything that the musical and the story brought. I think it's a, you know, I, again, words. Um, <laughs> words. I think words. Well, I think it's a, a good, it's good in terms of like, you understand the impact that Hamilton had in terms of, you know, politics of like, you get all of the different opinions of, even if they didn't like him, they're like, what he did for us is amazing. And I think you get the legacy that he always wanted to build. You see that it is there and you see that everything that he has, he worked up to like succeeded in getting his legacy. Well, it did bring him many hardships, you know, along the way in terms of wanting this legacy. Um, and I think it brings together the importance of always having a strong woman at your side who will continue and to support you, even when you do stupid things, like he did some many stupid things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's a very, again, it's probably a very power, it's a powerful end to a musical. And it brings it to a full closure and it ties a nice bow. Yeah, again, it did tie a nice bow. Like I mentioned earlier, Hamilton really did hit the nail on the head when it came to ending this play and leaving you talking about it and thinking about it afterwards. They really did a good job doing that. So. I can respect it. I know you talked about that song lovingly yesterday, so I'm not too surprised to see it at your number one. Um, the orphanage. The orphanage. <laughs> I mean, you just tears stream down your face. Um, for me, the number one is satisfied. You mentioned uh, kind of the rewind, and that was going to be the point I was going to make because I've never heard a song in a musical do that inner monologue of self-conscious thinking, replaying a scene that already happened but from someone else's point of view so well like they did in Hamilton and I just thought that was unbelievably well done both not I watched it and obviously watching it I was like this is great and then listening to the song afterwards they still could they convey it with the music really well as well it's just incredibly well done again uh Goldsberry just knocks the song out of the park this is just it she hits a grand slam and then reloads the bases herself and then hits a like absolute home run here and this is a song that probably there, there are a couple that are going to make my own personal playlist, but this one is definitely going to be one, for sure. Uh, uh, I have a question for you. Yes. If you could play any character, any any character oh, at all in it, who would you play? I need to pull up the character sheet. I need to... So here's the thing. I think I would love... If you had the voice to do it, like you didn't have to... If you just magically Obviously. had the voice to do it, you could do it. Obviously. I really think... I would love to play Jefferson okay. because he has so many quippy one-liners and he acts not just like in the words he says, but he's, he's quick-witted. He's sarcastic. He's, I love it. He, he's probably my favorite character in the whole entire show, but, but the part that I think that I could play best if I wanted to, if I had any acting skills would be King George. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You could, acting you could like a petulant well. child. Yeah. Throwing yeah. spittle everywhere and just doing stupid. I mean, I could. I think if I had acting talent and were go to acting training, I could play King George the best of any of the parts. Gotcha. That's probably the part that I would not be able to play. Alexander Hamilton. I ain't got no confidence that Alexander Hamilton has none whatsoever. Nope. 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 
So all credit to Nemo Miranda. But I'd probably go Thomas Jefferson I would want to play, but King George is the part that I think I could play the best. Gotcha. I mean, you have to answer the question now. I know. I just I, – I brought it up because I saw somebody, somebody tweet it um, that they would want to play – they would want to be the cast member who, like, tracked the bullet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, that's fantastic. Like, that's fantastic. Um, that's just something that I thought of. And I was like, wow. Um, I mean, I think I, if I had the chance, um, I would probably go with Eliza. If I, if I could, if I could emotionally get myself together and do it, that's the one that I think I could do and would want to do. I couldn't, I don't think I could play Angelica. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Whoever had to fill in Goldsberry's shoes and the. Uh, exactly that. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's, I mean, kudos to all of them. I don't think, you know, to be anybody on Broadway is work. Oh, work, work, work. It's work. I mean, I did it in high school, and I was behind the scenes, and that was work in and of itself. That was a lot of work. But to do it eight days a week, I mean, eight, yeah, eight days, eight shows a week is a lot. It is. It is. So to be fair, well, to your own horn, you did win an award in high school for your work, so. It is sitting on my dresser right now, correct. Yes. There you go. All right, so uh, honorable mentions for me for songs. Um, the Battle of Yorktown. Because they do mention Rochambeau, yep. which literally yep. was like, hey, Connecticut, Southbury, Connecticut. Um, I know. And I just thought it was a good song. I was surprised by how melancholy a song was about celebrating a win. I expected a, a fast pace. We won the Battle of Yorktown, blah, 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 blah. But instead, it was much more slower pace, which surprised me in a good way. And then the Ten Commandments of a Duel. I was going to say that's an honorable mention for me as well. I, I am a sucker for songs that have number lists or countdowns. I don't know why. I just think I'm a sucker for it. I, I heard it and I was like, I like this. Um, so those are probably my two honorable. And you know what? Hurricane, because I combine that with Reynolds pamphlets. So my three honorable mentions would be Battle of Yorktown, Hurricane, and Ten Commandments of a Duel. I think for me, honorable mentions are, yeah, the Ten Duel Commandments. Reynolds pamphlet is there for me. Um, I like the, the fast pace of it. Um, and again, it's sad, but stay alive and, you know, blow us all away. It's going to, it kills me, but. Hey, to each their own. That's why the play hit on so many levels. Cause so many people, different people love different parts. I mean, it's great. The play is great. Again, nobody is disputing that the play is a, is a crowning achievement. But that raises the question, uh, is Hamilton one of a kind in terms of the cinematic release? Or is this something that is going to become a trend for more plays? For plays that happened in the past, for plays that are happening now, for plays that are going forward? You, as much more of a Broadway theater fan than I am, I would consider myself very casual. Like, I, I like going. I don't go all the time. I don't listen to all the soundtracks, but I, I know what's popular and what's not. But for you as a big fan, knowing actually what goes into it more than I do, what are your thoughts? I think it's a very loaded, it's a very loaded question of, because 
you're talking about how accessible is Broadway to people. And to be honest, it's not accessible to most people. Um, I mean, you have major theater districts in most in most big cities. You got it in New York, Chicago, London, kind of all those places have big major theater districts, but not everybody lives in those places and not everybody, not everybody can get to those places and pay the money that it costs to go to a Broadway show, even for, you know, back of the room tickets because those are expensive and like understandably they're expensive of keeping the maintenance of the building and actually paying the actors for their job because not everybody can also do their jobs um i think i don't really know if broadway should be as expensive as it is this is a hot take but i don't think you should be paying a hundred something dollars for you know it's a lot it is. Um, and I think if they have the ability to do what they've done with Hamilton, that they should do it. And that, you know, if me, hypothetical best situation is that Broadway creates some sort of streaming service where they have these shows and obviously you'd have to pay for the streaming service, but then that money goes towards the actors. You know, I, in terms of that streaming service, though, I, how often can you populate that with new with new content. Not every, like the biggest thing for me with this is that I don't think this is a trend that should catch on, catch red hot fire quickly. Cause I don't think every play is Hamilton. I, think I don't think every play is Hamilton, but how do you know if every play is Hamilton if you never have the chance to see it? I just, I get what you're saying, but in terms of the streaming service is that there's only a certain amount of plays on Broadway. Unless you're putting different types of plays from different types of like around the world. If you're putting the London version of Hamilton and the Broadway version of Hamilton and say the Chicago theater district version of Hamilton, the three different versions up there, I can see that, but that's a very niche audience that you are putting these plays on its own streaming service. So that that's where I'd be nervous. Cause you're not going to have like, for me, I saw Hamilton once the Broadway version. Great. As much as I like Broadway and like going to plays, I'm not going to watch the London version and the Chicago version. I'm not going to go out on my way to do it. So I think you, I think there's a very select few that would watch plays of different variations. I'm not saying, I think, you know, I think that there are some shows that don't need, no offense, no, I'm going after the big wigs here and Disney as as much as I appreciate you putting Hamilton and recording it and putting it on Disney Plus, I appreciate it because you're bringing it to the masses. But you don't need to adapt every single movie that you make into a Broadway musical because they're not all going to be good. They're not. No. Newsies was fantastic, I will say. I enjoyed Newsies. But, you know, I don't think Frozen needed to be made a Broadway show. They did it to make money when they made money off of it. And I think that there are classics that none of us are ever going to be see again because they've been they've just gone off broadway well that's like and, cats and lame is right they're off broadway no so, i mean if lame miss is still on broadway I'm, I'm a huge fan i've seen it on broadway it's excellent i don't know if it's still on there but like cats is gone and yeah. cats went the different approach of trying to make a movie not based on not basically have to play trying to make it a hollywood adventure and it failed miserably yeah. beyond miserably have you so, seen cats I have not seen cats. You should see cats. I don't know if I should see cats. It is. Because oh, like it's a mess. I think if they if they could do this and uh, yeah, maybe a streaming service is like, you know, too much. But if you could do it and 
have the classics, have Mamma Mia, Les Mis, Cats, Chicago. Um, let's think. So let's let's list off like before we close here, three to five plays that you think could capture the limelight as well as Hamilton did. Not saying to the heights of Hamilton. Speaking of which, in the Heights, Anthony Ramos is going to be in the movie that is going to be composed and overseen by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So get excited for that. Great self-plug by me. Good job. You're welcome, Disney. And so but what are three to five plays that you think could capture the excitement like Hamilton did? Anybody else agree? And these three to five that you want to see yourself. But I have some in mind, like, like Book of Mormon. I would love to see what they did with Hamilton with the original Book of Mormon cast. I'd love it. Don't know if that's possible, but that's something that I would love to see. Yeah. I think there here's the thing is there are already some out there and they're not to the extent that this was filmed and directed and edited. But, but that's the thing. I would want them to the extent like Hamilton was. Hamilton was edited, shot, cut as if it was a major motion picture and they it was beautifully done. Beautifully done. I wouldn't watch just three or four cameras kind of changing as like the scenes change or whatever like that. I get that it puts you in the room, but it doesn't submerse you under the water like Hamilton did. I want to be like under the water, like drowning in the atmosphere of the play, not just in the same room as it. Yeah. I would say Les Mis, and while they have made many film adaptations of it, they have never captured the essence of being in the room of the Broadway show of it. I don't, they have, they have never captured, and I think it's, it's interesting to see them, like, film it on a set that is set, that is, like, made to look like the time, but I just don't think it's, it, it never is, I remember, like, watching that show and being, looking at all the set pieces and how, like, things were coming out from the wings and looking at that, and I was like, that's amazing, and I, I haven't been able to, you know, there is a, there's a recorded version, I think, of like the 10th or the 20th or something anniversary with, with like the cast of that. And it's just them singing and it's not them acting. And like there's that, but I'd rather see it the same way that Hamilton was done of getting all those angles and all that stuff. I would agree. I love Les Mis. Well, the the Seiko family loves Les Mis. So yes, we do. I, well, that, shout out to Madame Bosman. There you go. There you go. Um, you mentioned uh, yesterday, the day before we taped the Chicago, definitely one that I would see. Yeah. Um, I love the movie Chicago, uh, and I would love to see that uh, that on stage cut the same way, because I think that could be very provocative and engaging for an audience that doesn't know much about the play. That's the one that'd yeah. be on my list. Yeah. Um... Like I would have, I would have. I think it's hard to say because I haven't seen many of them, so I don't know what they look like on, you know, and you know the same thing could be said for Hamilton is I didn't know what it looked like before this, and now that I've seen it, I'm like I want to see this with everything. Um, I think. Oh. I mean, I would love to see cats. Not the movie version, because I've heard it's trash. You should but, see the movie version. It's a wonderful car crash. the actual production of it. Cats is not one I I would want to see. I mean, this is a hot take. I don't love Phantom of the Opera, so... You and Mom don't like it, and I don't understand Stick why. the landing, Phantom. I understand it's a Stick creepy... It. 
it's a weird it's a weird plot line but the music and the talent involved it's in good. that is don't get me wrong the first act is so much better than the second act as soon as that first song ends in the second act at the masquerade ball it goes downhill i love that i love that introduction in the second act of the masquerade ball then after that that's just my take. I've seen it's the play I've seen most on Broadway. Most I've seen it four or five times. It's the play that I like least, of, uh, probably second least of those I've seen on Broadway. So I get. I remember when I took uh, it was you and an ex girlfriend. I took you guys to to go see Phantom, and you guys were both freaking out. Yeah, and I mean, I was enjoying yeah. my time. It's not a bad time, but you guys were walking out gawking. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, it was fine. It was yeah, fine. because the amount of talent and, and the way it's staged of the actual chandelier falling and then him coming out above the thing. Like, I didn't know those were happening. And then I was like, wait, he's up there. And like that kind of stuff. That's why I would probably like to see that one filmed that way too. And it was semi-filmed in London that way, but not to the same extent. And I, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, and I would love if I were ever given the chance to see Dear Evan Hansen, even if it was, even if it wasn't filmed just on Broadway. I, I, well, again, that's like you said, the tickets for that now are so expensive because it's so well-renowned that yep. getting a seat for it is very, very hard. And no one's going till 2021. So there, yeah. there may be an influx of theater interest come, oh, come 2021 when Broadway reopens and when everything starts reopening, you wonder if the Hamilton craze can, can go till then. Um, I mean, it's lasted four years, five. It's true, basically. and guess what? After watching the movie, I understand the hype. It is very, very good. I very, very much enjoyed my time. I gave it an A, so yeah. it was great. You give it an A plus because you're gonna go watch it for the third time today as many days. So? I got no shame. Good point. No shame. I have not been able to watch it and sing to it at the same time, so that's something that needs to happen. Ooh, yeah, I did, that, the, I did that with the Les Mis Tom Hopper, uh, Tom Hooper movie a couple weeks ago, and let me tell you, it was a good time. It's great. It's a good time. Um, yeah. All right, Sophie, well, I want to thank you for joining me today. Any parting shots, any parting words before we let you go? Appreciate you joining us, Stanko Stance Day. Second ever, mm -hmm. uh, first ever two-time guest, just a year apart. Yep. I'm that I'm back by popular demand. <laughs> I mean, after you lost that princess vote on the last. All time right, okay. I'm sorry. Half the people on the list were not princesses, so no. I all most of my power. friends defended me in my choice, so no. I had the princess with the highest kill count ever on my list. Okay, so if we're going to the Hunger Games. I'm fine. My team wins. It doesn't matter. I have Bell. Bell's the Bell's the Bell of the ball. What does Bell have? Bell has smarts. She's charismatic. She's Emma Watson. That's all you need. Okay, well, there's problems with Emma Watson's performance, but we will not go there this time. Uh, one thing at a time. Well, we can both agree with before we let you go. Disney can stop making live action movies. They can take a break. Yeah, they can we take both a agree with that. They can take it's a break. I'm sorry. You can there. stop. It's it's a waste. It's a waste. No, Become original being... again and make some new ideas. Don't yeah. make a Frozen 3. I have problems with Frozen, but that's also just me. Uh, I mean, Frozen is overrated. Frozen 2 is not a good movie. I have not seen Frozen 2. I don't plan on seeing Frozen 2 or Frozen 3. a strictly average 
Disney movie, which I did not think rose to any level of good. Though I will say, live action Little Mermaid has David Diggs as Sebastian. And so I will not lie if that got me a tad bit more interested in it because I love now David Diggs. So I will say that. I think Disney just, you need to bring some originality back, make some new, like, make some new storylines. And stop ruining Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, okay, well, The Mandalorian is, 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 is in its own world of fantastic. Mandalorian is, is good. Mandalorian's excellent. But, but that's, yeah. that's a separate podcast. All right, well, Sophie, thank you for touching on Hamilton with me. Appreciate your enthusiasm. Appreciate you being a guest. And be sure to send me those Snapchats of you singing along to Burn uh, when you can finally watch it by yourself. Oh, I will. That's correct. <laughs>